Hello Puggies and welcome to the Pug Life Show, brought to you by Pug Parties, because your pug deserves to be the best dressed pug at the porty, and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host Donna, and with me are my puggy co-hosts, Charles and Rosie. In this week's episode, I'm talking to you about a less than typical topic, but after having had a recent discussion with a grumble friend about a rescue puggy who had moved between three owners because all three had passed away, it made me realise that it was a topic that needed discussing. So ask yourself, who would you want your puggy to live with after you pass? And I'll share with you what I've done for Charles and Rosie. But before we start, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. may seem like a strange topic to talk about but after having had a recent discussion with a grumble friend about a rescue puggy who had moved owners three times because all three had passed away it made sense to me that it was a topic that needed attention no matter how uncomfortable it might make people feel. Being the crazy pug lady that I am I have made provisions in my last will and testament for Rosie and Charles and any other puggies I might adopt in the future to ensure that not only do they go to someone who they know and love, but also that I'm assured that their lifestyle remains in line with my expectations and that their medical needs are covered as they get older. Because let's face it, it does get more expensive the older they get. Now, obviously, if I were to predecease Andrew or vice versa, then we know who will be caring for Rosie and Charles. But if for some reason we both go at the same time, then it was really important to us that we seriously consider who we ask slash nominate to be their new human. Thankfully, we aren't short of volunteers within our family and grumble circle, which is comforting, but it's not always the case when you hear about puggies who have been surrendered because nobody wanted them or nothing had been arranged prior to the puggies human passing. Believe me when I say that our lawyer was a little surprised when we walked in with a list of very specific requirements that covered any pugs we owned at the time of our passing. Our lawyer commented that it was like talking about the custody of children. And in my mind, we were talking about the custody of my children, my fur children. I have heard that including your dog's needs in your will is becoming more commonplace these days, but it wasn't always the case, especially when I had Lewis and was single nearly 20 years ago. Andrew and I discussed at length who was best placed to care for our puggies in a way that we wanted them to be cared for. Did they have similar beliefs around discipline, exercise, socialisation, grooming, playgroup, food and treats, being allowed in the house and on the couch, as well as did their definition of quality of life align with ours? It was a tough decision, but we narrowed our list down and thankfully our first choice agreed to care for Rosie and Charles should something ever happen. Having said that, we still check in every now and again to make sure that they're still okay with the arrangement. People's circumstances change and what was okay a few years ago might not be the case now. We also estimated how much we thought it would cost to care for them for the remainder of their natural life. Luckily, having been a pug mum for nearly 20 years, I have a good idea of what it costs to feed, clothe, yes, clothe, uh, and care for a pug each year. It is a little subjective, but at the end of the day, a good estimate helps you allocate what you think will be required to be gifted to your puggy's carer for the average life expectancy of a pug. 
we thought it was only right to cover their living expenses as best we could, noting that our nominated carer had agreed to care for our puggies at what we expect to be very short notice. Wow, puggies, I'm loving this episode, and I hope you are too. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click on the link in our show notes so you get advance notice of our next guest, and don't forget to join our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with our other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now, it's time to get back to the show. Now, on a completely different note, but still relevant, I've also included a bequeathment to our chosen pug rescue. I have been blessed with the love of four puggies who were either rescues or rehomed, and I know what it costs to get a puggy's health to a point that they're ready for adoption. Their adoption fee rarely covers everything. Giving back to the organisations that have given me the puggies, who in turn have given me unconditional love, is a small way for me to say thank you for their gift. And it warms my heart to think that another puggy will get to find their forever family thanks to my donation. Now, talking about your last will and testament and making plans for your puggy should you pass before they do can be a little off-putting, but I think it is a necessary practicality when it comes to the welfare of your puggies, especially if you're not sure if someone within your family slash circle of friends will happily care for them. Some of the questions I asked myself whilst preparing for my will included, are you okay with your executor deciding what happens with your puggies? Do you think they'll honour your wishes written down or spoken of previously? Are you okay with your puggies being surrendered to a rescue organisation that is not your choice? If you haven't nominated a carer or the carer can no longer have them. So we're talking about going to the RSPCA over a pug rescue group, for instance. Are you okay with your puggies going to a home or a family member that is not of your choosing? You may need to stipulate who your puggies are not allowed to go to along with who you want them to go to with. Do you want to leave money for the care of your puggies and are there rules that you want to attach to the money such as only for vet care or to pay for pet insurance and food annually? Only you can answer those questions and the answers will help you determine what you insert into your will. Now there is no right or wrong answer to this. And I think that most punk porans have already thought about this on some level. We love our puggies too much to not have at least considered it once or spoken about it with friends and families over a drink. Now, just because I've made provisions in my will doesn't mean that they have to be in yours. You may be lucky enough to have an extended family of pug owners to whom your puggy will go to naturally and you don't even have to give it a second thought, which is just pawsome and would be very comforting to me if I was in your shoes. Now it's your turn to talk pug. I'd love to hear your thoughts on putting your puggy's care into your will. Have you made arrangements for your puggies or do you have an unwritten agreement with someone who knows what to do? We'd love to discuss it. So please share with us over in our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it'll be useful for someone else, please leave a review over at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, 
then let me know over in our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans be generous with the snackies.